The ETA New South Wales podcast is a podcast made for teachers of English by teachers of English. Every month we discuss the world of teaching English, deliver short and free professional development and hear from experts in our field. Produced by the English Teachers Association of New South Wales, the ETA podcast is all about sharing the expertise. Our aim for this production is to be accessible and to provide beneficial PD on the fly. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we all may be on, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may be listening. Hi everyone and welcome or welcome back to the New South Wales English Teachers Association podcast. I'm your host, David Martin. I'm a high school English teacher based in Sydney, and while film is my usual passion, there is a lot to love about every part of English teaching. And when the teacher is passionate about their subject, often students will be too. Before we hear from our guests for today's episode, I would like to say a huge thank you to Haley and Danielle who created this podcast and all of the work they put into it. After a bit of time off though, the podcast has returned and I am glad to be bringing it to you all once more. In today's episode, we have a fantastic guest who may be familiar to some listeners. I'll be joined by Mel Dixon, editor of the journal Metaphor and manager of the publications committee at the ETA. I'm sure some of you have read her work or seen her present before and know how knowledgeable she is about English teaching. So without further ado, here is my chat with Mel. Hi everyone, I'm joined by Mel, who's been the editor of Metaphor for 12 years since 2009, taking over from Bill Simon. Hi Mel, thanks for joining me today. Hi David, thanks for inviting me. That's right, glad you're here. Uh, so <laughs> firstly, uh, Metaphor's been referred to as the flagship of the association, and why do you think that is, Mel? Oh, it's a very significant journal. Um, I think that we, um, I, I think we, we, I like to think that we guide thinking across the state. Of course, we don't guide it, the curriculum does, but I think that we actually take on that curriculum and, and, and help teachers and, and we actually produce something that's really um, beneficial. We also, um, it, it actually represents our, our association um, and, and collects the views of all our people. So it's a really significant uh, journal. Um, it's been going for a long time. It's moved from, you know, the traditional newsletter format. It was developed with Lyndall Huff um, in the early 20th, 21st, end of the 20th century. My God, it's a long time ago. And then I took over from Bill Simon. And I think that Bill Simon really, really drove a wonderful journal. He um, he was very innovative. He had extremely out there views. He, he brought in all that wonderful theoretical perspective at the turn of the century when we were really changing our curriculum and becoming part of this um, new wave of thinking. I think Bill really led it, especially with all the film stuff. So I was really proud to be... Um, um, taken on as, as the editor of Metaphor. I just think it's a, a wonderful thing and, a, and it is a flagship because of the people who have led it in the past. Yeah, I think even what you said at the very start is exactly what I like out of Metaphor. It's the, the, it speaks often for what English teachers are experiencing, whether it's sometimes reacting to things that have come out of different events or sometimes it's uh, looking forward to what is coming up as well in terms of experiences teachers are having. And I think I mean, I was going back through some of the old issues uh, earlier this year, and it's interesting seeing things from even just a few years ago that people were saying, oh, watch out for these things, or here's a, here's a new way of doing something that has, I think, become common practice. And I think that's a really good part of what Metaphor offers. Yeah. Um, if you had to write a mission statement for Metaphor, what, 
might that be? Well, what would it be? Uh, you, were, you were talking about all the things and I was just thinking about the responsibilities of metaphor. And, you know, so a mission statement would have to sort of talk about that responsibility that we have. That metaphor is not just a reflection of, but, but the driving thing is to reflect but also to guide teachers and, and, and be, you know, in, in a way that's supported by our students. I mean, I'd have to put it all together, but it's going to be students, teachers, curriculum, but, but really a responsibility. And I just want to harp on that idea of responsibility because I've, I've heard, oh, it's a wonderful thing. It's flattering to hear teachers say, oh, you know, we take metaphor with us everywhere. We, you know, it gives us all this information. But it's a responsibility if we do not... Um, right, do the correct things. If we don't, if we don't help teachers in the right way, we we actually have a lot of influence. So we need to be very careful with our journal. Um, and any mission statement has to be about our responsibility to our our teachers and to our students, and um, also to all the curriculum um, writers around the state. Who and that's what that's what I would put into our mission statement. Yeah, I, I think that probably sums it up really well. Especially as as we kind of set a, a flagship of the association. That's one of the biggest things for the association is our responsibility to those teachers and students and the people that we're kind of there for. Uh, so earlier you were talking about you've been involved with Metaphor for a while and it's gone online. What's been involved in organising Metaphor and a journal such as Metaphor? Oh, my gosh. It is a very <laughs> lot of work. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a real learning experience. I was lucky that had already edited a journal in um, the State Journal in, in Queensland and I was under the mentorship of the wonderful um, Lenore Ferguson, um, lecturer in linguistics, so gave me a terrific grounding. And, and so when I came on, and, and, I'm, and Bill had already done wonderful things, um, it wasn't that big a transition for me. But it is a lot of work and we have gone online now and the online has been facilitated by the fact that we have really good layout. Bill and I both started off doing our own layout. Now we don't have that. We have professional layout people. But by the time we collect the articles, we have them vetted by um, a team of reviewers, a wonderful committee that I work with. I'm very fortunate to have that committee. We have, so the articles are vetted. We look at them carefully to make sure that they're, you know, we take our responsibility seriously. We then have to go through the layout process. We have to um, make sure that the pages are all filled. Uh, going online has actually been a relief because when you go online, you don't need to worry about the number of pages. But when, <laughs> but because we're still also a print journal, we need to actually assess the number of pages. So it does get big. And we also need to support our other committees. PD, particularly important. Um, it's really important that we reflect what's happening in PD um, and we sort of, we listen to, you know, we look at the wonderful speakers that are presenting and we make sure that we give them a chance to showcase their work. We have to also make sure that our student days are, are supported. You know, we we take our our mission <laughs> as a driver of ETA values. We take it seriously and, and we and, and metaphor I think brings together all all the areas of, of ETA. You know, as I said, the PD and the student day and, and curriculum, everything comes together with metaphor. Yeah, I mean the last issue was exactly those things. There was a feature on the student days there was reviews of different texts. There was different lesson ideas and activities. Uh, there was more research-based pieces. Yeah, it, it's exactly that. And I think the online system, personally, I found that really useful because it goes, oh, I remember seeing that 
or what's, you know, and just quickly, oh, I'll have a quick look and see, and I might come back to some of these things later. And it's been good to also just have that as a quick and easy access point. I'm not burrowing around to find old copies of it anyway. That's true, but there is also a disadvantage in having online mm. in that um, in, the, in the staff room, if the journal is sitting on a table and all the teachers see it and they walk past, they pick it up as they're having a bit of a cup of tea, you know, a bit of a, a chat, and, the, and they share it. There's something uh, about True. the physical nature of the journal. And I think that's something that we have lost and, and we need to keep reminding teachers, hey, it's online, it's got a lot of stuff, don't let it get buried in your files. So, look, while I'm here, I might as well recommend to teachers, make sure you've got a file that's called Metaphor that you, you know to keep going back to our website and, and pulling up some of those articles because uh, there's actually incredible stuff and the number of times on Facebook, I've had to refer teachers to articles that have appeared in Metaphor that they've missed out on, which is a, a great shame because they answer the questions that they ask, you know? True. And, and that's a good point about it being a physical copy in the staff room. I hadn't thought about that either, especially at the moment while we're not with uh, most staff rooms <laughs> in New South Wales. True. But um, you're right. It's, it's important for us to still encourage other reader and have those discussions about it. I think there'd be a lot of schools that if they're not doing that would benefit from just as part of their, whether they're faculty meetings or a professional development cycle, whatever they do at their schools, just embed some of those, whether it's for us as English teachers, but other faculties as well, their own associations and what they're producing. I think that could be really good practice for a lot of people. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about the, the physical copy and the limitations of not having that. Hmm. Um, so again, you've been with it for a while, but are there any articles or issues that have kind of stood out to you or are more memorable for you? Oh, I have to say that this year's issues and last year's in lockdown, I've just, there's something, perhaps it's because I've got such a, an absolutely wonderful committee I'm working with, really committed committee, and um, just something about the work we've done over the past two years, when we went into lockdown, we did that, we had to quickly pull together a, a special edition on lockdown because uh, I also believe that metaphor is, um, it's, it's a record of what we've done across the state. And that moment of lockdown was so significant that we needed to really get that, that journal together. Um, and, and so that was important. The Shakespeare issue this year was very important because we had two just out of early career teacher teachers as guest editors. And I just... I, I'm just astounded at the work they did on that. That was absolutely wonderful. Um, and it's the guest editions that I just love. I worked with Imelda um, Judge on the wonderful one on innovations on multimodal issue. The work that, oh, look, that, that came out of her premier scholarship mm. and um, she really, um, and she brought it all together. But we'd also had uh, Carrie Jane Burke, the, the the writing teacher's issue that she did, where she brought together, her, again, her premier scholarship. And that's one of the new things that we're doing at the moment, where the premier scholarship we, we that ETA supports, Metaphor also supports that. And we're yeah. making sure that we tap into that wonderful work that our, our scholarship winners are doing. And, and can I just put in a plug for the Premier Scholarship for the next one. Uh, I, look, if you are thinking about it, please make sure you put in uh, um, for the scholarship. It's it's run by the um, by the New South Wales government. It's um, conveyed through the Department of Education side, but it is not a department scholarship. Yeah. It is for all teachers from any school, and 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 just just 
if you've got a wonderful project that you want to do, please make sure you do it. And we will definitely be featuring you in metaphor as well, because, you know, that's important that we support our teachers. Yeah. Uh, are there any, and I mean, those are excellent time to make that plug, I think, because it's timely, it's coming up soon. So I agree, definitely encourage people to apply. Um, I've tried to think of different topics that fascinate me and I haven't come up with one I think that's strong enough, but I'll keep thinking. But definitely I'm sure there's other people that have plenty of ideas out there. Um, for teachers well, that... David, David, you could just read metaphor and that would trigger a lot of ideas, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. True, <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I just wanted to say, I've actually, in my mind, I've got the next issue and, and the committee's going, oh, God, Mel. I wanted... <laughs> Tegan Morgan, one of our committee members, mentioned that we might use pictures of teachers dogs you know because the <laughs> animals because the, what are they doing in lockdown with their animals and, and i thought that was a great idea she just wanted the pictures but i said oh my god let's make the whole issue about animals <laughs> so look you can do you can do your previous award on animals and the teacher <laughs> you could, so there's plenty of things to think about <laughs> you, could, you could call it animal farms complete <laughs> <laughs> it would be right yeah I mean, so for, for teachers that are interested in getting contributions to Metaphor, is there any advice you would give to them? And how do you see Metaphor contributing to maybe their practice if they are submitting or even if they just want to read it themselves for their own personal use? Well, here we go. Again, we're crossing into those important areas that I talked about before, the PD that we still, you know, we really, the accreditation of teachers. Metaphor is an incredible avenue for that. And once your article is published, you've actually got evidence um, for some of the standards, you know, especially if you're going for um, a highly accomplished mm. or lead teacher. Yeah. I think, have a think about how you can make use of what ETA has because we are here to support our teachers. So, so pr providing an article is, it is a not quite such an easy process, however. We do vet the articles. And if you're thinking, oh, I don't want to devote a lot of time yet, look, just send an email to me. What happens is we've had a lot of teachers who send an email, say to me, this is the idea. I say, well, show me what you've already got and, and, and we'll think about how it's got to be shaped because sometimes it does take a lot of work. Mm. And, and it does take a while, but um, I feel that my role in metaphor and that of our committee is to be mentors. Uh, it's very, very important that we mentor the teachers across the state. Um, that is what an association should be doing, and I take that extremely seriously. Um, so, look, please feel free to, to submit articles, lessons, a single lesson idea. I can work out a way to put it into um, into the metaphor somehow. We do not publish programs with um, because we believe that the program, uh, the program is has to be contextualised with yeah. the school. And we we do not... And, and programs are published by NESA, uh, as you would be aware. Um, it's not our function as in metaphor. So that is one thing that we will not publish. But often people send me programs and we look at the way that we can adapt that program into a metaphor article, um, and that's really important. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's the advice I'd give, yes. And I think a lot of teachers, it's... I mean, there's so many expert teachers out there that do interesting things with their texts or with, with within their programs as well, there's plenty of scope for them to focus on a particular element of that as well. And mm. I agree that it's probably, I know it's something that I've, again, been challenged with, that once you leave university and you fall out of those ways of that academic writing almost, sometimes that can be a little bit daunting, but I like that you're, you're saying that metaphor, yourself and the committee are there also as mentors to help people mm -hmm. maybe find that groove or what, what it should look like as well. I think that's a good 
good angle that people might forget about with metaphor two, that it's not just submit and hope you get in. It's, it's a, it can be an ongoing process over time. It doesn't have to be over a few months. That's true. And some of the articles have actually been a lot of work for, um, for, for us to work with the teacher, but you know what? The reward at the end is so wonderful. And, mm-hmm. and, and the teachers who I have worked closely with, who then resubmit and, and it's, and they're wonderful and so, because they've suddenly realized what that the article, the article needs to be to, to a very different stance. You're not in front of the classroom. You don't know who you're addressing. Yeah. You can't do that. You've got to be very open. You've got to consider that you've got a wide audience. You're talking to teachers. Um, it's a very different approach. And you've got to also give, um, you, you've got to fill in the gaps. In the classroom, the number of worksheets that I would give out and, and then I'd sort of speak to the gaps, you know, but I know now that I can't do that if I'm publishing it. Mm. I have to actually fill in all those gaps. And they're the little tricks of the trade that you don't realise if you're just, uh, you can be doing incredible work in the classroom, but a lot of it is because you're driving it filling in the gaps and so writing what you've done is a very different thing um, yeah. uh, thing and that's what we try and help teachers with and but I have to say oh, the um, number of teachers who then come back and become regular writers and I, I just yep. and, and and I just said to myself I've got someone I can depend on I just write to them and say we need another article and, <laughs> and they just it's a, it's a community of writers and isn't that what English should be, a community of writers? Yeah, and it there's no reason why that community can't grow either. I mean, as I said, there's, mm. there's plenty of people out there that could make meaningful contributions. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And our early career teachers, as I said to you, they yep. were the guest, well, nearly early career teachers, guest editors of a whole issue. Yep. Um, we've got Tegan Morgan, who started with us as an early career teacher as well. Elizabeth Sapatsis was the same, an early career teacher who, who did the editing with Quee and Tran. And mm. we just have wonderful, we've actually got a, a lot of our younger teachers are now joining and it just makes me so excited because I get so many new ideas from them um, and hopefully it goes both ways, reciprocal. And that's <laughs> the wonderful thing about about being part of our metaphor committee and, and contributing. It's just, just wonderful. It's a what? vibrant committee. Mm. Yeah, and I, I suppose that looks – it's good good hands for the future too. If there's a lot of younger writers coming through that, that have that focus as well, is – in addition to that, are there any other changes you might foresee for metaphor for the future, if any, or is it just going to be this new wave of people coming through? It's it's such an interesting thing, isn't it? We're, we're facing a lockdown that we would never have expected. Mm-hmm. We've become dependent on the internet. Um, we've got a wonderful capacity to access some... Um, everyone now through the internet, but, you know, it, it needs a different way of, of addressing people. Perhaps metaphor will end up having to become embedded videos or something. Who knows? You know, <laughs> it might need to become a little bit more entertaining if it's going to be all on the internet. But, we, you know, we do want a lot of younger teachers, as I said, to, to sort of come in and, and help drive that. So I, I just can't imagine that it's, it's such a wonderful journal, but I think it's probably it, all journals are going to undergo a change. Everything is. Mm. I think that the lockdowns, have given us some insight into a different way of being. And um, I, I think everyone's starting to take that on. And, and I think that the journal will end up doing that as well. So, look, oh, having said that, one of the exciting things about lockdown is we're getting more access to people around the world. They actually haven't, they don't need to fly and they accept that they're going to do it online. And we're actually getting a lot more access and the articles that we're publishing from overseas are part of that wonderful PD that we're doing with with overseas people, so um, yeah, 
all moving ahead. It's very different. It's a, it's a different world, and and I can't really say what will happen to medical because I think it's, <laughs> yeah, like all journals, you know, they're they're living, breathing things, aren't they? Mm. I mean, yeah, and as you say, eighteen months ago, who would have predicted things that are coming? So I guess you don't want to guess what metaphor might become, but. Yeah, I did notice that actually in the last edition of Metaphor, there was people from further afield sometimes than there has been in years gone by. Um, well, we have had we have had um, published a fair bit from the, uh, one year. I remember one year I got a few Palgrave review books, and uh, look, no one stops me from asking. I, I and so I got most amazing articles from all over the world. <laughs> so it's just a matter of asking. It's amazing yeah. how many people. And then we send them a copy of the journal and they see how wonderful it is and, mm-hmm. you know, no one refuses me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. That's what you want, really. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I do have one last final bonus question for you, though. What's a text that you've read or watched recently that really captivated you? What, what's not necessarily, doesn't have to be a recommendation, but just something you've come across recently that you really enjoyed? Gosh. <laughs> I work so much on, on, on HSC curriculum texts that sort of but look I did read um uh, the Birdman's wife Birdman's wife it's not that recent but I, I read that and it was rather it's an Australian book um mm. oh, what was her name oh, it's about Gould's Gould's wife and and it's ridiculous that we talk about Gould's wife yep. you know Gould who did all the beautiful bird paintings of Australia because in fact she was the painter and I didn't know. Oh my God, it was an amazing book um, wow. because, it, and I learned so much. So this is, it's a terrific book that you might all want to read and I'm so sorry I can't think of the author. And, um, um, I just looked it up, Melissa Ashley. <laughs> oh, Melissa, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and it's absolutely, and it was taken, it's just a few fragments of her her work, of her writing that they used and it was just amazing. So um, I would really recommend that, that people have a, a look at that one and, and read it. Um, very inspiring. Very inspiring. Yeah. But there are plenty of other books. <laughs> yeah, always. There's always new books. That's good. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Mel. I'm glad you could join me. Thank you, I want to thank you for listening to this episode and especially thank Mel for joining me. That's it for today and we'll have another episode coming out soon. So just keep an eye out on your feed and you should be seeing them reappear a bit more regularly. Thanks again. See you next time.